Hey, everybody. It's Ron Johnson here, Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it's the Friday Roundtable. We got Luke Inman. We got Sam Ekstrom. We got Reggie Wilson. It's a beautiful Friday morning. We are going to have to build this breakfast menu, though, fellas. What you got on the menu, Luke? Yeah, Ron, we got to talk about the Vikings bringing back Alexander Madison on a two-year deal and what that means for Dalvin Cook and his future with the team. How about Aaron Rodgers? Unofficially, officially moving on from Green Bay, but also... All the other teams now in the NFC North have made big trades for draft picks down the road. Are the Vikings going to fall behind as the Packers, Bears, and Lions collect all these assets? Ooh, and Cat, he's back soon? Maybe? Maybe not? And we got to talk about that back end. The Vikings have added enough help in the secondary, and they bought back Prince. No, not the Prince you're thinking about, but a guy that likes to use the Prince meme. And we'll talk about that next. Coming up on the roundtable, but we have a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, fellas, here we go. We got to start off with Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith, we saw, did restructure his deal with the Minnesota Vikings. What are your, are your thoughts on that? I'll start with you, Luke. Yeah, in today's day and age, the way the game's built, it's so rare to see a guy have a long, successful career with the same team. And 20 years from now, after all the highlights, interceptions, big hits, the thing people will remember about Harrison Smith is the fact he turned down millions of dollars to play somewhere else just so he could stay in purple. That just doesn't happen nowadays. Even Jared Allen, who we all love, he hopped around to Chicago and Carolina the last few years. And you heard Ian Rappaport say some familiar teams were after him. That tells me he was inside the division, the Bears, Lions, maybe the Packers. And this move really just encapsulates the type of player he's always been from the day he stepped foot here. Never glitzy or flashy, quiet, blue-collar guy, comes to work, wants to get the job done, total team player. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's got more tackles, sacks, and interceptions than Troy Polamalu. He'll go down as an absolute Minnesota icon and legend, surefire, ring of honor guy, and I can't wait to see him in this Brian Flores defense this year because I truly believe he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Sam? Yeah, he turns 35 in February. Maybe this is his last act. It's a one-year deal, $8 million. You're right, Luke. The Flores scheme, he will thrive in it. He's going to be able to do Harrison Smith things. He got totally neutralized in the Ed Donatel scheme, and it was nice that he still got five interceptions because he got to hang back a little bit more and kind of play deep. But now he gets to really be Harrison Smith, gets to rove around in the box and fake blitz and then recover back to the secondary um, and I wonder if Adam Thielen's looking at, at the reports and, and saying, man, that could have been me. I could be the one people were praising for sticking around in Minnesota. Um, by the way, Adam Thielen's still unemployed, I think. I think he met with the Panthers, and uh, maybe the market isn't too hot on Adam Thielen either. So I wonder if he's having a little buyer's remorse or, or I don't know, leaver's remorse or seller's remorse, what some kind of remorse. <laughs> Um, about his decision now that Harrison Smith has kind of come back in the exact same financial situation that Thielen was in. Reggie, what you got? Yeah, I think that's interesting, too. You know, Luke, you brought up how he had some suitors elsewhere, but he chose to come back to Minnesota and get into his 12th season here, which is interesting because he took a bit of a pay cut, almost a 50% pay cut, $8 million possibility to make two more million with incentives and I feel like he probably is going to hit those incentives I got here a year and a half ago and I feel like people since I've gotten here 
have talked about, oh, is Harrison Smith on the decline? And I feel like every year he's just like, no, I'm still here and I'm still wrecking things. Like he tied with Patrick Peterson for the team leading interceptions last year, 85 tackles. Like I still think he's a very productive player, but it is indicative of where the Vikings view him that they felt like, yeah, you probably got to take a little bit of a pay cut, bro, if you want to stay around here. But I still think that he's going to be a very productive player in the system with Brian Flores, as you said, Sam, being able to utilize his strengths and really just get the most out of him in his 12th season. Yeah, and, and for me, when I look at – I love what you said about Adam Thielen, Sam. I think that's the key is when you look at where you're at in age, what teams are willing to pay for you. I mean, I think even Odell Beckham is starting to realize because he keeps saying things like, I'm not where I should be or I'm not where I'm going to be in five months and so on and so He's trying to sell himself to these teams because he's not where he should be. And same with Adam Thielen. I don't think Adam Thielen understood, one, being injured for most of the season, two, not creating a ton of separation, three, being older. Uh, and then the amount of money you want. I think all of that goes together when you're talking about free agents and who to bring in. And so, again, Adam Thielen will get picked up by somebody, but it probably won't be the deal that he thought he was going to get. And go back to uh, uh, Everson Griffin. I think that's a telltale sign for a lot of people to look or, or a fairy tale. I forgot the word you use, but you use Everson Griffin as a, as a starting block to say, look, he went elsewhere, could have stayed with the Vikings for the same amount of money, maybe a little bit less, but he felt slighted. He didn't feel respected. So he left. Well, when he came back, he said, man, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I wish I had stayed a Viking because he probably would have had another three, four solid years under Mike Zimmer's defense and anyone elsewhere. But sticking with the Minnesota Vikings, fellas, we got to talk about this. You got Alexander Madison signs a deal to stay with the Vikings. And I love the emojis, the tweets when guys, you know, it's these like cryptic tweets sometimes or it's just like a purple heart. And everybody's like, oh, my God, you're staying. Or it's the eyeballs. And they're like, oh, is he leaving? But Alexander Madison is a Minnesota Viking. Uh, when you look at this offense, you look at Josh Oliver adding a big blocking tight end. Uh, you look at getting Garrett Bradbury back. Clearly, Kevin O'Connell wants to run the ball. I think Dalvin Cook's a part of the process. Maybe he has to take less money. But I'll start with you again, Luke. Dalvin Cook is – or sorry, Alexander Madison is back. What does that mean for Dalvin Cook? Well, first of all, I said I'd be more than happy to take Madison back. I always thought he would be a great complementary piece as a third guy, especially with Kenny and Ty Chandler there. He brings a good physical balance to their speed, so I really like how all three of their play styles kind of mesh together, only if the price was right. And this two-year deal, less than four per – it's about exactly what we all thought he would go for. So I think the money's fair. The next domino to fall, is it going to be Dalvin Cook? Because there's no way Quasey's trying to – emulate the blueprint in the NFL if he's paying a running back $15 million a year. It's just not realistic. So I think we're all just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop now, see what he's got up his sleeve. Maybe he's working a trade behind the scenes, which at this point, now that they're under the cap, there's really no rush. Probably a deal doesn't need to get done until maybe before the draft week. But it's hard to imagine paying Madison that kind of money if you planned on keeping Cook around too. So something's <laughs> got to be in the works behind the scenes. It's just a matter of time with the writing on the wall. What you got, Sam? Yeah, it's got to be a little bittersweet for, for Alexander Madison. Bitter in that he's really grown to be buddies with Dalvin Cook. They played together for four consecutive years. Sweet in the sense that now he might get a chance to expand his role a little bit. I don't think it's going to be a lot. I think he's part of a rotation. I think that Alexander Madison is a necessary piece of a running back room in that he's short yardage, uh, he's trustworthy as a blocker, and he can catch the football. He is a versatile back. I don't think he's the most explosive back in the world, um, but I think that on the goal line, he's very valuable. He had five touchdowns last year. Um, so I think he's a piece of that. 
a little bit of thunder and lightning. He's the thunder. Maybe Wang Wu is the lightning. Ty Chandler is the lightning. I think it'll be a three-headed monster next year, and, and I do think that Dalvin Cook will be moving on, whether it's release or whether it's trade. Um, it's just a matter of timing, and maybe the Vikings also feeling out that trade market. Um, so it, it, it's curious and probably a little bit awkward for Alexander Madison to be in this situation, but um, I think he would be your so-called RB1 uh, going into next year. What you got, Reggie? It's interesting because, as Luke said, like Dalvin is set to have a $14 million cap number in 2023, and there's just no way that they could do that, right? You know, you look at what the Cowboys just did with Zeke. They cut him. He's one of the high-paid running backs in the league. Austin Eckler from the Chargers, he wants more money. They're like, all right, buddy, <laughs> try to find it elsewhere. You could you could seek a trade. You can get out of here. And then you kind of look at the running back market. It just seems like it's being reset. Madison signs for two years, seven million. Miles Sanders goes for uh, I think it was four years, twenty-five mil. That's like, you know, six mil per. You got David Montgomery, he signed a three-year, eighteen million dollar deal. Jamal Williams, three-year, sixteen million. Like this running back market is being reset i think we're kind of going back to where we were before zeke before ty Gurley, where like the running backs were used a lot but not very valued as far as like the money goes because they just kind of churn them up churn them up and then just spit them out go on to the next person with fresher legs and so i think that's kind of what's interesting about this whole thing Dalvin is on is on this bigger contract and the running back market is kind of seeming to be reset. And so now it's like, all right, what do you do with Cook? But then who wants to take on that contract? Because you still have I was looking at the over the cap. The dead money with Cook is eight million. You get five, almost six million in cap savings. But this dead money is just starting to add up. Well, that's what I'll say. When you look at what the Dallas Cowboys did, I think that's a sign of the rest of the league. When you think about uh, Zeke Elliott getting cut, you think about Pollard, you know, being the next up and coming. I think one contract is going to be the max. Uh, when the owners meetings are coming up, they're going to be in Arizona. We know the owners have to meet. I think that's what even the owners are talking about. I mean, secretly, they're not supposed to collude. We know that. But I got inside source. When you think about guys going down there and being able to be around these owners, there's a lot of conversations that happen that are not on the books. And one of them definitely is like, look, you guys are paying these quarterbacks way too much. You're paying these running backs way too much. We got to figure out how to put it together. And I think Lamar Jackson was the first domino of that. Like all these other owners are like, look, all right, we know you want 200 million, but we're not doing it. Same with the running backs. We can't take a 20 million plus dollar cap hit for a running back in a passing league. And I, I think that's going to be the key. You look at the 49ers don't have a top, run, you know, Christian McCaffrey. I think they're going to keep him under wraps. And then you look at what the, uh, again, the Eagles and the Chiefs, they both are in the Super Bowl, neither have a big time high paid running back. And I think that's what teams are looking at now. And so Dalvin Cook's going to have to figure this out, whether he wants to move on and somebody wants to take a flyer on him or that's it. But we got to move on. We got, we're going to talk about, we, we got to talk about this. Aaron Rodgers is out of the darkness. He's taking the darkness somewhere else. My guess is New York. But before we jump into that, we have another word from our sponsors. Yeah, let me tell you a little more about FanDuel. I'm guessing that FanDuel Sportsbook app got worn out yesterday on the first day of March Madness. What a time of year for sports. NBA coming down the stretch, same with NHL and college basketball's pinnacle with March Madness going on right now. You can check it all out at FanDuel.com slash locked on or the FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook app. 
New customers get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, and you can put together some RJ parlays. I'm sure Ron is already scheming up what he's going to be doing today (laughs) with 16 more games. Uh, Also, same game parlays that you can stack up for a chance at big payouts. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on for a chance at a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, make every moment more with FanDuel. That's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, we got to talk about it. Aaron Rodgers has come out of darkness. He has now said he wants to be a New York Jet. He said it's up to the two teams to figure out the compensation. But when you look at all the things that come along with Aaron Rodgers, in the end, are the Jets going to get what they want out of it? And what do you guys make of this whole situation? Joe Namath saying, look, you can have my number 12 if you want it. I don't think he should take it, but we'll talk about that. Sam, what you got first? Yeah, so he goes on McAfee, and he airs out all the laundry. He tells McAfee exactly what's going on, that he's going to play for the Jets, and that they can't come to an agreement on compensation. So did Aaron Rodgers kind of just screw over his new team a little bit? Like, he he basically took all the secrecy out of it. Um, New York has to make the trade now. Like, they they can't... They've, they've signed Lazard. Like, the cat is out of the bag. They've already made this commitment, but they can't come to an agreement on compensation. So did Aaron Rodgers basically just hang the Jets out to dry and force their hand now to get this deal done? Like, did he just cost them a couple first-round picks down the line? I'm, I just His tactics forced the issue so much that I think he actually did the Packers a favor and I think he actually hurt the Jets in this. Am I wrong on that? That just seems like an, an odd way to go about uh, joining a new franchise to go on McAfee and say how your new team won't make the deal for you. That's just kind of weird to me. What you got, Reggie? Yeah, the whole thing is bizarre. And mm-hmm. I was uh, reading up and watching a little bit of commentary mm-hmm. on it. This is the problem that the Packers have. If they trade him pre-June 1... They have $40 million in dead money that they can't use. If they do it after, I think it goes down to like 15. But the problem is this is just not optimal for any party except for Aaron Rodgers. Because if you're the Jets, as you mentioned, Sam, like you're going to have to surrender a lot. Like I understand he's an older guy, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers are not just going to give him up for nothing. Also, Aaron Rodgers has a $58 million cap hit that goes into effect in week one. And so then you talk about maybe him being screwed as well, because if they can't come to an agreement or a deal like some type of contract conversion or something like that, like now you're talking about maybe post June one. Now he's missed OTAs getting up to speed with his guys like you think like okay he's a top flight quarterback he doesn't necessarily need all of that time but like that stuff matters especially if they want to do what people are excited about them being able to do in new york what do you think luke 
I mean, you guys make some great points. I think Jets fans, though, they're just so desperate, so thirsty for some real talent at quarterback, for all the drama off the field, bite their tongue, they think he's worth it. Because it finally gives them some hope again. For so long, they've been buried in a division with Tom Brady for, what, two decades. Now it's Josh Allen in Buffalo. And if they ever got past those guys, then it's Patrick Mahomes, Herbert, Lawrence, Burrow. It's just been so disheartening for Jets fans for so long, I think. It finally gives them this first glimpse of maybe some hope, some excitement again at the position since the days of, of Joe Namath. I thought he would retire, honestly, but if he did come back, I knew the situation had to be perfect. And you look at the Jets, Robert Sala has built one of the nastiest defenses in the NFL now. They hit a grand slam with the draft last year. They got Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall for him. And I think one of the bigger hangups too right now, making the move official, the Packers don't have a lot of leverage right now either, as we know. The Jets want to make sure they keep that 13th overall pick this year so they can add one more weapon, whether it's an offensive lineman or another weapon in the passing game, because they're all in now once this move's official. You make a move like this, it's Super Bowl or bust. So they want that early pick. But again, for all the off-the-field drama and antics, I think Jets fans are just so desperate for a stable, consistent, exciting quarterback again. Well, the thing I think about, too, is numbers. I don't think he should take number 12, in my opinion. You don't. You can't take number one because your boy is wearing in Sauce Gardner. I would say you could take number two, but you might piss Zach Wilson off. I don't think he'll give it up. He could wear number eight like he had back in college. He can be number eight, but moving forward, that is Elijah Moore, who didn't want to be there anyway last year. So if I were him, I'm asking Elijah Moore, like either you can stay or you can go, but that eight's coming to me. I'm bringing it back to Cal. I'm bringing the Kobe Bryant into this. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, Luke, you brought up a great point about that 13 first round pick. They might want to keep it this year, but the problem is they have to give up then the 2024, 2025 first round pick. Everybody's saying it's two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and for the Jets, if you're willing to give up 24 and 25, it's worth it because Rodgers is not going to have you at the bottom of the barrel. So these first round picks are not going to be in the top 15. They're going to be in the bottom 20. And so that's why you do give up 24, 25 and not 23. And I think you're right, Luke. I think that's kind of where the rubbers meet in the road, where the Packers want that now, because they might want to take a quarterback at 13 and they might want to make sure they can solidify their future with one of those other quarterbacks out there. But Aaron Rodgers did throw one of the teams under the bus. Maybe he's forcing both their hands by putting it on Pat McAfee because everybody's watching Everybody wants to hear what he has to say, and it's Aaron Rodgers. It's his show right now. He's just a drama king, and he's going to take me or leave me is what he's saying. So it is what it is. We got one more before we jump into uh, some March Madness talk because we got to talk about March Madness, man. Like I was texting Sam about these brackets. One, I didn't understand the scoring. My scoring was delayed. Found out I'm not the worst. I thought it was 54th. I'm like 18th. I haven't looked at it. Brandon Ward is the worst. <laughs> Brandon Ward is last. <laughs> the baseball guy's bad at basketball? Who would have thought? <laughs> Sam, Sam got a good one, though, with Furman. And, and so we'll, we'll talk about that, the March Madness stuff, and what happened with some of those picks. I didn't trust the Big Ten. I should have Penn State came out guns a-blazing and put the Aggies down. Just knocked them off. But we have to talk about this, fellas. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, who knows if he's coming back, if he's ever going to come back. We had James Theus on. He's the uh, director of the junior NBA, gave us some huge nuggets. His, his, his podcast is going to air next week. But he alluded to that the Timberwolves are actually built pretty well, minus Cat. And Sam and I, we can jump into that, but I'm going to start with you, Reggie. Cat, what do we make of this? So it's interesting because he was injured in November. There was a four- to six-week timetable. After that four to six weeks, we didn't hear anything. Then weeks went by. We started seeing him on road trips and in games. We're like, 
all right, so what's going on with Cat? He's progressing. Uh, he's still going through his rehab or he's still going through the process. And you're just like, what's going on? So then they finally provide this update earlier this week. And it's super ambiguous. He's going to return in the coming weeks. He's ramping up the rehab process. And it's like, what does that even mean? You know, we we talked so much before the season about, okay, him and Rudy, can they, you know, be together? How's it going to work? The two twin towers. And now you're talking about them trying to make a playoff run or maybe a play-in type of a situation. And one of your biggest pieces have been out for pretty much all the season. And so this is going to be interesting how they're going to integrate him back into things when and if he does get a chance to come back because this whole thing has just been so crazy. Like maybe he was more injured than they wanted to let us believe at first, given that four to six week timetable seemed very optimistic, but it turned out not to be the case. But now you're talking about integrating him back into a team that has done well without him. They're still in playoff contention. They're, they're right there possible plan they might be able to get above that five threshold to to maybe not have to do that and this is all without cat but on the other side you do see that you know in the game against the celtics they needed something else just a little bit something else maybe a little bit help from the refs we won't talk about that but they i feel like cat could be like the missing piece that offense that they that they needed to kind of get them over the top but it's going to be a learning process and this is the wrong time for that what you got, Luke? Yeah, I don't know about you guys. At this point, I've just kind of come to accept this is exactly what this team is now. They're a 500 basketball team. You never know the real story with cats. Story always changes. The only thing for sure, nothing's for sure when it comes to that whole situation. And when they're playing good, things are fun. Everything's great. And then when they're not, the whole thing just looks like a giant mess at times. Just still looking for that consistency game to game. That's all. Obviously, getting cat back could help. It could hurt, too. It may throw off the timing, the chemistry even more. It's crazy as that sounds at the worst possible time when you're in the playoffs. I said it last week, I think. I think someone from the organization just needed to come out right away when this injury first happened and just be more transparent about why they were going to be really cautious and take things extra slow. But at this point, I don't expect much to change whether he comes back or not. The Wolves just... They don't seem to be there yet as a fundamental basketball team on a consistent basis, that's all. I'd be surprised, unfortunately, to see anything different as they finish the season and head into the playoffs, if they even make the playoffs, that is. Sam? The, my, my BS antenna is just going crazy with this whole situation. This is calculated ambiguity on the team's part, on Cat's part. People are not being honest with us, and they're not being honest intentionally. They're trying to keep something from us. Don't know what, don't know why. But I'm starting to get the hunch that that Cat is not going to play at all. Um, When they're giving a weeks-long timeline and the season is over in 23 days, I don't see much time there for Cat to to get back on the floor. And then you go into this offseason, and you're seeing that the Rudy Gobert thing didn't really work out that well, and suddenly you're out all these picks, and you've got this unbelievable trade asset maybe in in Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, and like you said, Ron, they're built well without him. Maybe that's your way to get all those picks back from the Gobert fiasco, and you have all this draft capital suddenly to build around Anthony Edwards. It It's almost trending that way in my mind. Like, this is kind of a rift that won't be repaired. Whatever is going on behind the scenes, it doesn't seem 
positive for the future of the relationship between Cat and the Timberwolves? I said it, Sam, at the beginning. You remember this on my show. First six games together, it did not look great, in my opinion. It didn't look like they had the high-low going. Like, if you watch these college basketball teams that have two bigs, they do a great job of high-low. Get it into one guy at the free-throw line. If you have that shot, take it. If not, dump it down. You didn't see any of that. So whether it's Chris Finch's fault, who knows if his offense is not built right. But James Theus played point guard at Syracuse the year before Carmelo Anthony came in, uh, went to UAD. He now is the director of uh, operations for the junior NBA in Vegas. He put up a great point. If you get Anthony Edwards, somebody like CJ McCullough, somebody that can go with him, meaning when Anthony Edwards can't give you 30, you got somebody else on the team that can give you 30. That's how that team needs to be. I don't see a team that wouldn't trade one of their scores for Carl Anthony Towns plus maybe some extras. If you trade Carl Anthony Towns and get Anthony Edwards another score, you keep Rudy Gobert because clearly that two-man game works. You have Mike Conley Jr. I feel like that's the recipe for success for this team. You look at how the Warriors are built. You look at how the uh, Suns are built. We, we thought two big men would work, but it doesn't work. This is not today's NBA. It's just like a team that has five running backs on the team. It sounds great, but it doesn't work. It's not the game today, and that's why I think the Timberwolves, you either have to move on from Rudy Gobert or move on from Cat, but you can't have both. And whichever one you decide to move on from, get some picks for it, but find you a C.J. McCullough type. I mean, Dame Litter would be great, but he's not going to do it. He said he wants to win with the Trailblazers, and you're going to hate me when he does it, but they got to find another score. Uh, we have to talk about March Madness. We also have to talk about the Wild, though. We're going to do really quick with the Wild, but before we do that, we have one more word from our sponsors. Yes, we do. Uh, Built Bar has an awesome March Madness contest coming up. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com. Vote for your favorite Built Bar or Puff. Mine's Cookies and Cream Puffs. Uh, you should vote for that as well. Whatever you do, go and support your favorite bar or puff and enter for a chance to be one of the 50 lucky listeners that gets a free box of Built Bars. One lucky listener gets a 12-month subscription to Built. So you can have your favorite bars or puffs delivered right to your door. You got to try these delicious protein bars that are the best ever. They're super amazing because they're high in protein, low in sugar, and 100% real chocolate. BuiltMarchMadness.com. Vote for your favorite bar or puff. Get in on the Built Madness and pick up a box while you're at the website. Vote every day in March. Go support your pick. Well, now we're back, fellas. It's me, Sam, and Reggie. We're going to finish the show out real quick, 30 seconds each. Let's get into this. TNT, I saw it. The Wild, TNT, loved them. They had the postgame set like NBA. They're saying this team could win the West. 14 straight games with points as a franchise record. Are they true Stanley Cup contenders now? I'll start with you, Reggie. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they save some of those goals to be scored in other games. They scored like a bajillion goals against my Blues, <laughs> man. What's going on with that? <laughs> Goalie uh, fight. Almost. I know. Oh, that Almost was, a goalie fight. That was crazy. I wish they would have just let him go. I mean, Flowers is just the most smiley guy there is, and then all of a sudden he's ready to throw hands with the other goalie, and he's like pleading to the ref, like, just let us go. Just let us throw these Put Let me put the pause on him real quick. Um, but I, I think what's interesting is, is so much this season we were like, can they score goals without Kirill? And then they're like, well, we have to now. And maybe this is a good sign for them that they're figuring out how to play without Kirill. And then when he comes back, then maybe they're just clicking on all cylinders. I think this is a good thing for them. Sam? Yeah, it's almost like there was maybe a little over-dependence on Kirill. And this gave them the chance to find some of their depth. So they score four at Arizona, eight against the Blues. 
and they're they're tapping into some of that secondary scoring. Um, I think the the goaltending situation, guys. We went through this a year ago. It's about to get really interesting because we're we're approaching the playoffs, and obviously the Wild are going to be in it, and they're going to have another decision to make because last year Cam Talbot was the hot goalie, but they went with Flower, and it caused all this drama. Well, this mm-hmm. year Gustafson's the hot goalie, but they still have Flurry who's playing pretty well too. Who they go with? I think we need to start preparing ourselves for another goalie conundrum, which uh, <laughs> it makes me nervous because it threw him off last year. Yeah, I'd say when I look at Kirill Kaprizov, when he comes back, I think he's like Kevin Garnett. You or sorry, Kevin Durant. You could put him with any team, and he's going to score. Because um, people are saying, I watch TNT, and they're saying, well, does he throw off the flow? Is he a high, is he a puck dominant guy where he has to have the puck on his stick in order to kind of get back into the game? I feel like he's a kid that loves hockey, where he just wants to skate and have fun. He's really fast. He's he's good in the creases. He's he's you know he's always moving, and so I feel like he's gonna get out there and do what needs to be done. He's a pickup basketball player type of guy. I guess there's boot hockey, uh, so he's a pickup hockey kind of guy where he you can just put him with any team. And when I watch him skate, I'm not a skater, but when I watch him, he looks like he's always having fun. And I think that's the key. He's also a guy that can go. Uh, I was talking to another NHL guy, and he said he's a guy that can go like 90 seconds. If we're going 45 seconds and then we're changing lines, he can go 90, where he's like, look, just leave me in, coach. Let me go, which means when they're changing, he has the ability to get in front. And so I think you're right, Sam. I think him being out is letting the other guys become great, and now you're adding him back like Michael Jordan when he left the Bulls. They came back and won three more rings. So I think it's going to be the same thing. The Bulls found their voice without Mike. Mike came back. Let's win some more. I think when Kirill comes back, I think they are Stanley Cup contenders. And TNT believes it. That's where I'm getting my info from. Um, last one before we get out of here, fellas. March Madness. It happened. It's still happening. There's the best. I mean, yesterday was like, it felt like Christmas. It honestly did. It, it was the best day of the year. Today at 11.15, we're going to get more games all night. Um, my wife kind of told me, she's like, oh, do you mind if I go to dinner with my friends tonight? I acted like I was sad. But no, yeah, go to dinner. Because then I can watch all the games and I don't have to worry about, like, ignoring you. So, I'm excited about tonight because I get to watch the games by myself with some chicken wings. So I'm going to start with you, Reggie. Uh, March Man is your Mizzou Tigers. I didn't believe in them, and they found a way to win. They beat Utah State, but what did you learn from that first round? Or first M- day, sorry. I-Z. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm excited. Uh, first tournament win since 2010 when Mike Anderson was the coach. He just got let go from St. John's. It's kind of crazy how things are right now. With the upset. Princeton over Arizona, like, we yeah. got a good chance to get to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Like, a path is there. Unless Princeton is just like this team that's just going to go to the Final Four on some Cinderella stuff, but I hope not, you know. But I, I think it's just interesting. Like, last year, that first weekend, everybody's brackets were busted. Like, it just – everybody's just obliterated. This year, not so bad. Like, I think I only hit – I only missed on, like, one pick yesterday. I picked Furman. I picked Furman. It was, it was, I just don't trust Virginia, even though they have a national championship under Tony Bennett. But I'm excited about March Madness. It's, it's super fun. Like you said, it's like Christmas all over again. We're at the, the sports office yesterday. I'm putting together the show and I'm looking up. I'm like, oh, you know, just it's, it's going crazy. And so I'm excited for what's going to happen today. Sam, what you got? Yeah, well, let's remind people what's at stake here. So we've got looks like 64 entries into our contest win ron johnson's money um if you can beat the locked on hosts ron johnson pays the bonus right now arif hassan is in third place arif hassan is in third place uh i'm in sixth i did pretty well yesterday i got Furman, uh which helped out i got uh penn state 
the number 10 seed, which Dang helped it. out as well. I know. I should I didn't trust the Big Ten. I picked them too. I what think am I, I even what said number, on the what show, Ron, to watch out for Penn State. They looked really good in the Big Ten tournament. What am um, I ranked? But, uh, what's their seed? My, no, what am I ranked? What oh, what I are at? you ranked? Uh, <laughs> all right, let's scroll on down. Da, 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 da. Ron Johnson. You are in 32nd out of 64, so exactly yes, in the halfway. middle. Yep, I'm yep. Halfway. Halfway. Hey, there. it's about how you finish, though. Like, If you have yeah. all your Elite Eights left, I don't know if you do or not, but if no. you have your Elite Eights intact and most of your Sweet 16, you're still good. First-round losses are okay. You just don't want to lose those, those teams you have going far. But, guys, the Furman ending was awesome. How good was that? Like the second game of the day, um, Kihei Clark throws it to the heavens, and Furman hits the buzzer beater. Kevin Harlan going crazy. That's what March Madness is all about. It was sweet. Sam, yeah, we me. were we were in the car headed to the Vikings yesterday, and Julia was driving, and I'm sitting there watching the game on my phone, and I'm like, "Oh, Furman!" <laughs> She's like, "What's going on?" She's trying not to like crash the car. I'm like, "Oh!" It, it was lit. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. For me, I think the biggest thing was Furman. They definitely did it. Virginia's coach, he's the anti Chris Weber. You have to know you have one timeout left. You reverse Chris Weber that game. All you had is two point two seconds. Just call timeout. That's all he had to do. If he calls timeout, they get to bring it back out. They get to talk about it for 30 seconds. And then the coach can say, hey, throw it in and then just throw it up as high as you can in the air and let the time run out. This idiot throws it. I don't know where he was throwing it, but halfway down. Even better off throwing it out of bounds even. Just throw it down the court out of bounds like, you know, like a quarterback or something. But I, I blame Virginia's coach. Like he should have warned them, hey, if you get stuck, you have the timeout. And he didn't use it. And I think that's the key. So that's why they lost. But, again, excited for more games today. Uh, I, I know my two are still in it, which is Kansas and Alabama. That's my very two last ones. I didn't see a lot of people pick Kansas, so now I really need Kansas to win it because then I might be able to come back from the end and win. But I saw the number one guy I think has Baylor. Uh, Rivasan has Alabama. So uh, I know that's going to – I'm hoping Alabama and uh, Kansas are the last two because that's going to really help my bracket out. Uh, but that will do it for us today on the roundtable. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra. That's Reggie Wilson. Luke Inman had to take off, but we want to thank you guys for joining us each and every Friday. We thank you guys for continuing to watch, like, download, share. Remember, Amazon Fire and Roku, you can just download the app anywhere you want. Also, check out all the Vikings updates. It looks like the Vikings just signed Austin Schlotman, got re-signed today. So please make sure you stay tuned to our Vikings updates as well. Every time there's an update, there's going to be some type of podcast to follow it. So thank you and have a great day.